Welcome back. Grab a seat. In today's episode, Mikey and Stu get more mellow than ever as they talk about life's little moments and how small things can make the biggest of impacts. So grab a cup of tea, sit back, and relax. It's tea time, boys. What's going on, Michael? What's going on? We haven't done tea time, boys, in a little while. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's... In a hot minute. Some stuff has been happening, you know, um... Finally got my... I'm I'm actually, I'm in the next step for, like, the thesis. I'm editing it, so things are rolling. My, uh... I'm hoping to... I'll hopefully be able to get the most stressful part of the degree done by end of July. And then I'll st- hopefully stick around at school until around September. And then we'll see what happens thereafter. In be- the time in between, I can hopefully uh, build some yeah. more skills, help my buddies out and doing what we like to do, learn some things, enjoy my life, and eventually apply to many a place to get some sort of employment. Yeah, and then next thing you know, you're working for 60 years, and then you're dead. So yeah, sounds Who like works for plan. sixty years, man. That's like old. That's like old grandpas with uh, <laughs> their own business, bro. <laughs> Fine, fifty years and then you're dead. How's that? I give you fifty because you're your twenty. Dad, has, is your dad technically still working? Like in in fifty years on from when he first started? Because like my dad definitely isn't. Well, actually, my dad technically is, but not really because he only takes like certain students when he when he wants to and it's really more of a hobby for him like he doesn't even yeah that's true my dad went back to school for a hobby i mean that's why he did his master's phd it was just kind of like hey this master's thing is kind of cheap at york let's do that seriously yeah i mean that's pretty awesome well he he did his undergrad and it was super cheap because like there's some deals out there where it's like 10 second undergrad no, no, he never finished his undergrad. Oh, really? I never knew that. Yeah, he fucking dipped out when he was, like, midway through. Because this was back in, I think, the 60s. So as long as basically you were a white man with no mental health problems, it, you didn't even really need to finish university. You just kind of, you know, walked up to a place and said, Hey, I finished high school. Give me a job. And then they would. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, th- that that is also like a really commentary about how s- the need for, or like how it's almost required that higher levels of education mm-hmm. were needed for a lot of jobs. But it all it kind of also on the flip side says that maybe like the quality of it kind of went down, right? Because it's not like a lot of people got s- like. A lot smarter like i i've known your dad for years and your dad's one of the smartest guys I've met and it's you could tell that it's one of those things where it's an intelligence that isn't just like learned it's like a practice one so like it's oh, yeah. practiced and because he has that natural kind of acuity or acumen and cleverness to him that mm-hmm. you know if he if he can sit down and read what he likes to do and walk around and talk to a lot of people and taking a little bit of the news he's gonna make like not stupid decisions and be eventually be an asset to other people 100 percent. so that's why i think that you know i don't like 
at that time and knowing the skill set yeah yeah getting a job in that regard is i'm not i'm not, I'm not surprised as much because like it's only until like 10 to 20 years after that like in the 70s and 80s i think is when everybody a lot more people started to get into bachelors yeah and now it's like if a bachelor's degree now is like almost an equivalent of uh you know maybe like a high school equivalent from when your dad went there because i think maybe the standards oh, yeah. kind of drop oh funny funny enough not funny enough but speaking about you yeah like our dads um i gotta mention that like when my dad who's a little bit younger than yours when he graduated yeah. his high school um that was the last year of provincial standardized exams so literally oh. everybody at the same time wrote the same test so it's a like, level playing field for like everybody. Was it like the SATs kind of thing? Well, it wasn't to get. Well, actually, it was kind of related to get into university, but mm -hmm. SATs were, you know, it is, it's like that in the sense of it's standardized and taken at certain like a, a certain time. Yeah. And it does impact universities, but it's for it might have been for all of them, right? I don't know if it was for great. Actually, it might have only been for the last year, which at that time was thirteen. Yeah, teen in Ontario. So that was. I mean, like I just remember my dad telling me about that, and and you know, I don't. I really don't think that that's. I think that's a pretty good idea because you can really. Oh really? The whole, the whole point is just to do, the whole point of like those those standard those tests, right? It, or it's throwing marks in anyways is to differentiate certain people from the rest of the pack so that mm -hmm. universities can kind of believe in them and take them to get the next sort of levels and qualifications in the university right and yeah. well, you know now since it's totally i guess discretized is the right word where every single individual place gives out a mark you can't tell so it's numbered so that's oh, yeah. why they kind of make the first year instead of a building block on what you learned before a reteach of like the last year year and a half of high yeah. school right and yeah so first year is so like a like we had so many courses in business like i had i took 10 courses first year business and one of them was business related the rest were like stats there was a calculus one but if you took calculus in grade 12 you didn't have to take it there was like it, it, it was very, yeah, it was very, like, get people up to the same speed, you know. But at the same time, standardized tests are, are very difficult, you know, because it's like, how do you, like, people like Rouge, and then, like, kind of myself, are very much, like, just tests don't really gel with them as much. Oh, yeah, you know? for sure. I know, so I, know like, I know a couple of people like that, too. I, I can think of mm -hmm. one off the top of my head who she actually... Um, I, I haven't gotten in contact with her in a long time, but uh, I met her in the first or second year, and mm. she was an older, mature student, and she had, like, a really bad, like, problem with tests, and it wasn't because she didn't know her stuff. It was just because she couldn't do it in that particular time. But I, here's here's the another part of the story that, you, that, that actually really goes well with your point. Those standardized tests, right, they were made by university profs. Yeah. So what would happen as far as i know hopefully i'm not wrong is that those university profs couldn't really gauge 
since they're so far, since if you're going to be making like these tests, unless you're like a, a relatively newer professor or younger professor who's going to like be really enthusiastic about this and really asked to do it you're probably most likely going to have people who have had tenure and that means they've been out of secondary schooling for a long time mm -hmm. and are really into their specific field and may not even be able to write only good university tests to gauge their students so the high school tests were a mess right so i think if my dad told me right um and i'm not confusing it with the old you know engineering exams that he did mm -hmm. they would be a lot harder and so a lot of people would do poorly in the if you just take the absolute value of the marks they had to you know curve them accordingly get oh. that differentiation because that's all the point of it is right is to numbers don't matter is how how you place relative to somebody else because yeah, like curious. i said there's there's a poor objectivity when they wrote it so they yeah. got their end end goal right but it's because of like their deficiency but in any case it did kind of work mm -hmm. so that i don't have a big problem with i mean now it's almost even i think it's even easier because to do it well because you have so many like international standards of education and information just spread so much around the world that you can take questions off of these educational unions or organizations and base your tests off those right so and, and those the ones i'm talking about specifically are that are ib so international baccalaureate which you know depending on what kind of qualifications you get in your like high school for ib it may be less or more than what is expected at some universities based off experience that you know my dad had as a tutor so there's like levels to it so you can take like the different kinds of um different types of like ib courses for specific subjects then there's yeah. also what i took or well i didn't take it but i took like an adaptation of it which you know any listeners in in the states and other places around the world but mostly the states would know is like ap or if you've ever yeah. watched uh uh what, what, what was that movie with Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill? Uh, 21 Jump Street? 21 Jump Street. 21 Jump Street it's, it's AP and not app, but it's the same deal. Anyway, what I did was I just took the exam, but like those are international kind of like exams with like all these question banks and things like that that anybody can, a lot of people can kind of look at. So I think, I think you can even do that now and make it a little bit more effective so we don't have poor kids that think that they're going to rock their world and be stressed out by because they won't get their 97% average in their first year. When they walk in and, you know, can't really time is that, oh, well, I was poorly prepared by, because nobody really pushed me, you know what I'm saying? Oh, dude, yeah, that's that's always the biggest thing is that, like, I, I was talking about that, I forget who I was talking about that with, but it's like, it's so weird how not even like a year like six like three months two three months from the summer it's like you go from high school which is so rigid and scheduled and strict and all that way which you know has its perks and stuff obviously but you go from like like not really being trusted to once you go to f first year university becoming extremely autonomous just like to a point where it's okay well here's your kind of class schedule but you kind of have to pick it out yourself um, because you know, it's not like you're going to take these court, like you have to take these courses, but you have to look like for me, at least for business, I had to look up online to see what courses were mandatory to get into the next year. 
So it's like you're choosing the courses, you're choosing the time periods. And yeah, some of it is like not that much wiggle room, but compared to high school, which is literally no wiggle room, it's like, I, I think that's the biggest thing. Once you get to university, you become, you have so much freedom. And for some people, they blossom and, and turn into amazing people. And it's a great experience. And some people have a really tough time, like having that freedom again, you know? Yeah. Just to, to like add to that, I mean, like, I think it's almost a little bit of a detriment that we have so much scheduling where, especially like in high school, like it, it's worse if the content that you're being, or the evaluation level, depending on where you're being taught is like subpar. So yeah. that means that you really are taken care of in a lot of ways that don't require you to put in a hardcore effort so like if everything is so regimented that like you know it's really easy to memorize your class times or figure out um when the class times are and you can go there and there isn't really a punishment for you skipping too much or if there is like you know like it's not like super harsh no, um really. and then if you exists. if the especially if the the um evaluations aren't like a little bit rough on you so that you have to be there for your own sake then that whole it's really like easy and you can like breeze through it and mm. it won't get to the point of or you won't realize that you have to be able to get down the brass tacks in a good way and really manage yourself in order to be successful elsewhere and, and have that autonomy, right? Like there's an ownership that I kind of had to take or, or that you have to take or have to realize that you need to take once you get to that level of freedom, like you're talking about, like, especially cause nobody's, you're kind of spoon fed a lot in your younger years and the train, there is no gradual easing up on the break. Yeah. It's no, they don't play in neutral, push. right? They, well, until you get to uh, university, in which case they put you in neutral and it's your job to steer the car. Yeah. Avoid avoid a crash and be able to switch gears on your own as well so that you can really control the ride. And I found that, like, you know my experience in high school, I was lucky enough to go to um, a pretty good situation. But yeah. I, I, like, I'm not, I, I'm a slow kind of slow worker and a slow learner in certain senses but especially i don't work well under a, a like huge pressure because I, I have like a sort of just my person we were talking about personality types last time we hung out and my personality type is such that i kind of have to like live up to expectation and that kind of weighs on me and i don't really i think work well too much under like long-term pressure so mm -hmm. Um, for example, like when mom and dad would say, try your best. Well, I didn't take that seriously. I'm not going to use that as a very flippant phrase. I'm going to work my ass off because if I'm not, then I'm not trying my best and I'm not doing what you told me. Mm. So, I mean, actually, I remember an experience where I kind of eased off, eased up a little bit and got a little bit lower than maybe I could have. And I don't know if it was based off one conversation where I'm, I was reading the situation wrong, but I had a feeling that dad was not as pleased but it could have just been like something else in the day that kind of come off or something i doubt it but i'm never i'm not going to rule out that possibility long and yeah. short was i used my bullheadedness and stubbornness and you know 
in a way this might have been detrimental but i can only go like i only i know i knew my limitations at that time or i didn't want to experiment with um trying to change up my strategy of of work and other things because I was having relative success before and I didn't want the performance to drop. And once it dropped a little bit, I just went back to it and even went harder. So I kind of recluse myself. I don't really know if you're, and this might've been like, maybe you were in grade 11, I was in grade 10 and you didn't really see me for a lot, a long time. Yeah. Cause I just I put my that. nose to the grindstone and tried to bulk it up. And I brought up my average by percent between, um, four and a half or something between january and june oh dude that's crazy what the fuck yeah and it was it wasn't i what like i wasn't having fun as much but i i did it because like i felt i needed to do it and it was also because it's like hey you know what you got disappointed in me once or i felt like that this is a consequence i'll take all the all the punishment because yeah. that's just that's just the kind of guy i am I'll just take that sort of punishment just to do it. And if, you know, if they saw that I wasn't as socially involved, that's the price I had to pay. And I friggin' paid it. And you got good results, dude. I mean, I'm not recommending it. I'm not recommending you boost yourself and and (laughs) not have other outlets because, like I said, with, with my personality type, I had to do go harder. In order yeah. to maybe get a little bit less of a result because i felt like that um my other peers who were like extremely smart people they could balance way better and i didn't think they took the pressure as bad as i did so that notwithstanding that they're also like really really smart people as well like obviously they're already smart but i felt like they had they they could actually go out and do the social thing or like be part of like a club or a hockey team or um be able to like volunteer whatever and like put the smile on on their faces uh a lot more than i could like i was more uh, i was more like a little bit hardcore with work and it and it definitely kind of showed in my demeanor because i would get like i'd wake up early and you I wouldn't get like I wouldn't get like the eight eight plus hours I like to get now. I would get like maybe six. Yeah, there, there's something stressful about that. You know, it, it's funny you remind me of something where, like, with this whole whole shit that's been going on that that is the whole shit storm that has been 2020 and all that stuff in 2021. Um, and after reading an article that my dad sent me that apparently. Um, the age group that's had the most mental decline in the last in this last year and a half or so has been age twenty to twenty nine, like that yeah. kind of. Anyways, the the big thing behind it is that um, just kind of you know, I swear this relates. Um, the big thing behind it is that there's so much stress and there's so much kind of internal thing that you go through. And I've, because I did this a lot and I felt, especially because, you know, you feel so so much more isolated than beforehand. It's like, you know, I had to do a lot more internal, you know, like, like mental fixing, I guess is the best way to describe it. You know, it it got to a point where, you know, I, I, like nothing terrible. It's not like I was, you know, getting, you know, depressed, like super depressed or anything like that. Um, But it was more like, 
there was just, I was realizing more and more because I was all inside, like inside constantly and all that stuff. It's like, okay, maybe I'm, I need to like focus on myself and stuff. And I noticed just kind of like off what off some of the stuff that you said is that um, I was giving other people a good enough break on stuff, you know, like, well, that person worked like eight hours that day. That person did this thing, that person, like, you know, I would give them the benefit of the doubt. I'd make sure they're kind of okay. And then for myself, that just wasn't there, you know? It's like, yeah, sure, you like edited six hours today, but it wasn't good editing, so it doesn't count sort of stuff. Or like you, uh, you know, you read a book, but it wasn't technically a good book. It was like some a graphic novel. It's like I just found in my head more and more I wasn't giving myself that, that kind of thing. You know, that yeah, kind the of classification. The leeway, yeah, I think for that's me, the big thing. Yeah, for me, I, I, I generally like to regiment my day something like that but i do mm. kind of i, I do st i'm like i'm lucky that i can like wake up later and not have like a large consequence that i don't have to wouldn't get a burnout but i understand that i'm i'm a similar way um but i just know that as long as i get something done and I reach my cap of not being able to do other things effectively then I just then that's where you're gonna stop so for example like even even though I like to read um, if I can't if I feel like I can't really absorb what I'm reading I just I'm not gonna do it because it might like what's the point unless it's just like a, a one-off article so for example the thing with a book is that you won't feel accomplished like I hate the feeling of me reading 10 pages, putting it down for like four days and going back and then forgetting half of what happened and having to go back and read the same thing. So I'd rather just read something short. So I yeah. end up reading like, especially like in high school, I didn't read a lot either. I just, at university that I found, I tried to, I made the effort to, and like afterwards, like I try to make the effort, like not during when I have to like read textbooks and things, but in the summers and things like that is when I would read more. Like now, mm -hmm. and in grad, yeah. after in grad school is when I would take the time to like read uh, something else on my on my own volition. But there, it's like, like I said, you want to like you want to be able to absorb that. And so in high school, and I find myself even now during the day, if I'm taking a break in between doing ta doing a task, then I'll read, for example, like an article uh, written about just something that's curious to me. Or if I'm like going to, uh, do you have an example or something? Of yeah, something so, you read uh, yeah. So another thing is like uh, I use even even like on my phone, like on on uh, Snapchat tiles. What they do is they give you some like news feeds and things like that. So I'll watch like a video or I'll read something. And the things I read are like uh, sports is is a big thing. So I'll be reading. Oh wait, one sec. We lost Mikey. Oh God, <laughs> we're gonna have to cut this all out. I don't even know what I was talking about. Oh yeah, um, I think it was how I like read. Um, yeah, yeah, the like, article. Read, you were talking about like article. You, yeah, I read like sports. sports articles. Yeah, I was reading like sport, like Euro Cup or MMA fighters, or if it's on my phone, like maybe like pro wrestling and things like that, or even like on my the, like I'm one of the few guys that'll use like a social media app. Well, I'm not gonna say the few, but one of those people that uses a social media app for like news and things. So a lot of people do that more than you think. Yeah, no, it's because it's just right there. So it's really easy to do. So I'm not going to say I'm one of the few. So I just click the tile and whether it be like the Telegraph, Washington Post or something like that. And just like read a news article on there. Yeah.
generally the shorter ones. If it's really big, or CBC is another one. But, um, yeah. I mean, just to get something small, just to learn something real quick. and. Hey, dude, that's... I recently finished a... I read this uh, collection of short stories by Haruki Murakami. Um, yeah, he... Um, shoot, what he he's a famous... Uh, Japanese yeah. artist. Yeah, yeah. He's a... Uh, but he... Yeah, he made some... Uh, short stories. Some of them were really good, and some... He, he just has a really good way of describing, like... I don't even know how to describe it. It's like just describing the smaller parts of life. You know, like like he'll he'll describe how like like one of the short stories is, you know, like there's some surreal parts to it, but basically it's like um when he was younger, he you know, suddenly got invited to this one girl's violin recital. Um, okay. who he hadn't talked to in like years and this was when he was like I don't know in like a sophomore in high school or something and uh, he gets the invitation and then he takes the bus all the way there it's like a like hour and a bit bus and he finally gets there and the recital is just there's nothing there there's no recital it's just like and he looked at the thing and, and nothing was there uh, like, or sorry, he looked at the invitation and the invitation was correct. Like he was there at the right time at the right place, but then there was just no recital. And it's like one of those things where it's like, it's, it's like something in life where if someone were to come up to you who knew this situation, be like, oh, like this person's recital got moved because of weather. And I guess you weren't informed. It's like, like super simple explanation, yeah. but you're just, you're just out of the loop. So it becomes this really weird it's not like a mystery because a mystery kind of almost invokes a more something that's a little bit more interesting but it's just one of those things that's just like like something in life that just doesn't really go anywhere and it doesn't have a huge impact on your life but it just kind of happens and you're just kind of like that happened. He's just really good at describing those types of moments, you know. Yeah, I'm more wondering. Moments. I was I was wondering what the hell, like that's such a weird situation. Not only just to be, you know, uh, invited to a random recital for someone he hasn't seen in a, in a while, which you know I thought this was gonna lead to you know her like pouring out her feelings for this guy or something, but then <laughs> she doesn't even show up and then doesn't have the courtesy to let him know. Well, that's the thing. It's kind of like. It's it's just one of those mystery things where it's like, you know, something just happens, you know? Like, I, like I, one of my uh, favorite stories to tell in university was the time I picked, I was able to get a CRT, my my uh, CRT, for those who don't know, it's a, those big tube TVs. Um, cathode ray tube. Yeah, cathode ray tubes. Get all those cathode rays. Uh, I picked up one for university because I was looking at, I wanted one. Because I, I was playing melee a lot and wanted that crisp picture, and they're super cheap. You know, it's like twenty bucks to pick them up. You know, giant ass TV. And um, there's one kind of little outskirts of downtown, uh, downtown. And I looked at it and it was only like twenty five bucks. And he's like, if you can pick it up, it's yours. And I was like, done. So I messaged the guy. He said, yeah, come by, pick it up. So, um, I went after. I finished dinner and it was like a summer, it was during the summer and uh, the bus was way, it took much longer to get there. 
and I was following Google Maps and as I'm walking, I'm walking down this weird kind of path and it <laughs> the Google Maps starts taking me this really weird direction and the sun starts setting and it starts basically first it takes me through like a golf course which was really weird and then it's it's like all right now take this trail this random trail through the woods which will then lead to you going over a bridge over a highway and i'm like what the fuck like why didn't they just take me a bus because he's in a neighborhood he's in like a like the guy was in like a regular ass neighborhood why wasn't there a bus a closer bus nearby yeah yeah I don't know. So I went through this forest and I had recently recently watched The Revenant um, with, you know, with that whole bear scene. So I was slightly scared of bears, even though I was like downtown area. So there's no way there'd be a fucking bear. If anything, it'd be like and maybe still, a coyote. Uh, yeah, but even still like the coyote. If, if there was a bear, it definitely wouldn't be like a an eight foot tall, <laughs> 700 pound grizzly bear. No, it'd be like, be like maybe a, little, a, black a little bear. Black, yeah, it'd probably be like a little black bear that well, is going to turn around as soon as it sees you. Exactly, exactly. So, but I was like slightly terrified and the sun starts setting and I'm messaging my like roommates. I'm like, guys, if I die, here's where I am. <laughs> <laughs> and my phone and my phone starts dying too, uh, which is also great. Um, and finally I get out of the forest over this fucking bridge and I'm looking around and I can't find this fucking place. It's like in like townhouse area. So, you know, it's like, you know, all the places look the same. And finally I get to this guy's door and, I'm, and all that's going through my mind is like, I traveled all the way out here. I have to take the bus back. A, how the fuck am I supposed to carry this TV? B, cause cathode ray TVs, this is like a 32 inch. So a cathode ray, huge. A, a CRTV is like, that's like easy 40, 50 pounds. Easy. <laughs> So, and, and like, I, I was not like I was out of shape or anything, but it was just like, that's a lot to fucking carry without like a car or some shit. So I, I got it. And, I, and I'm like, what if this guy's like, I started going to the worst thing. Like, what if this guy's a fucking, like, I don't know, like a drug dealer thing and they're going to, you know, steal my fucking money. I don't know. I started going to the worst, you know, things and I'm freaking out and I knock on the door and I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to go for it. And I'm waiting and waiting. And this guy opens the door. He's like, hi, are you Stuart? I'm like, yeah. And then he's like, come on in. And it's a super nice guy and his wife. Mm -hmm. And this guy's doing his PhD in the same university I am. For um, he he he's from South Africa, uh, and his wife is too. And his wife's doing a PhD in um, something in medicine, and he's doing a PhD in math. So they're like crazy smart people. And he's like, yeah, I just have this stupid CRT. I had to get it out there. But he had a little bit of a South African accent. I don't want to. You don't want to do the impression? I, I can't do it. Uh, no, it's I can't. Weird, but to be fair, even people who are, like, are good at accents, that's a hard one. It's a hard one. It's definitely a hard one. Like, I think about it is you, you have to sound like a Dutch dude speaking English. And then you're close. And then not even fully there. <laughs> yeah, this is the thing. I, I have like a family friend who's from South Africa. And it's like, it's like I know it when I hear it. But there's no it's way I can replicate when it. you try to replicate it, you sound Australian. Yeah, or like and a bad you, Australian at that. And the more the more it goes on, the worse you get, and it turns like vaguely Irish. And you're like, I'm just gonna stop. Yeah, we're gonna stop. <laughs> we're not gonna do that. You know, like they go. The, the best thing you can do to know that you're talking to a South African, or the one thing to know is if they're a younger person, probably not like this fellow and his wife with their PhD level education and, and high level vernacular. But if they instead of saying bro. If they're like guys like us, instead of saying bro and they say brew, 
But yeah. you know they're you know they're like South African. Hell yeah. No, this guy was very so chill. And so I got the CRT. He's like, thanks so much. And I paid him uh fifty bucks. Um I was like, just thanks so much. And he's like, no problem. So I start lifting the TV and I'm start to leave. And his wife turns to me, he's just like, are you crazy? Are you crazy? You're going to let this poor child walk out 50 pounds so you take the bus? Drive him home. You will drive him home and start smacking him. He's like, and he's like, fine, fine, I'll drive him home. So he he offered to drive me home, um, which was awesome. I hope you took it. I did. I did. And I talked to him the whole way and he told me about like how he met his wife and it was super, like, just this awesome experience. I got a CRT TV. I, I gave an extra 10 bucks for gas money and stuff. Like, thanks so much. Yep. Um, and I was, and it was super nice. It was such a nice experience. But the whole time beforehand, I was, like, freaking out. I'm like, what's this going to be? What's this going to whole stuff? And then it just ended with me getting a TV and being this nice couple. And it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, it's one of those stories. It's fun. You know, it's a fun story. But it's also just yeah. kind of, like, you know, life just kind of happens in weird ways, you know? Yeah, it happens in weird and, and I don't think you don't talk to this gentleman and his wife, do you? No. no. That, yeah, it's just a singular instance that's going to yeah. be there. You're going to remember forever probably, but you're not yeah. going to revisit it, you know what I mean? Exactly. Just I got a, a moment in time. Myself, yeah. We all have We all have those, and those are, those are kind of like... Those are, that's a really good kind of book to read, to be honest with you. Like, those are the kinds mm. of ones where they... Those are the kinds of stories you want to hear. In other words, you wouldn't want like I don't want like you'd want to hear about the days where either really important things happen out of the in the in the in the rut. So let's say you do the you do regular scheduling and then something crazy happens and shifts it for you. That's in the setting of what you do every day, which is like how half of these like action movies or crazy buddy cop movies <laughs> happen. You know, like some guy's going yeah. to work and he stumbles on something and then his life has changed forever. Yeah. Or, or, or anything like that. He's living in the right. And he's changed by these ex, these forces uh, that are beyond his control until they come into his life, and he becomes super uh, like an integral. He becomes a very integral part of the story. In this yeah, crazy, then, beyond real beyond real situation or surreal situation. And it or ends, and he's like a totally different man. Just yeah, like every then, problem gone. Or it's just a weird series of like a, a series of events that's a little bit out of the ordinary that you're just gonna re- like remember and you know mm-hmm. i can remember i have like a couple of those that more are in the first category but not in in the sense that it's part of my regular schedule but not yeah. in the sense that anything like super action-packed happened i just end up, you know you just end up meeting people on like public transport that um you just re- you remember because generally i don't know about for any listeners out there being canadian um, and the Scandinavians, so, and maybe, and some people, some from like maybe Central Northern Europe can attest to this, but you're not gonna, we don't really talk to random people that often on in transport. Like, it's weird to do that. Yeah. And it's I think that's weird. a North American thing too, as well. Like, we're not as bad as some other people, but like, I, I, I hear a lot from other people's conversations, but I'm not gonna engage most of the time you know what i'm saying we yeah. keep, to, keep to your business so the rare times that you do engage with somebody who you don't know you're probably going to remember it and it's going to you know have the similar a similar effect in my at least in my estimation you know what i mean yeah it it, it sticks with you i mean i at a time i was reading the alchemist um yeah the book back 
I think back in the nineties, just a super simple book. And I was chilling and, and it was TCC. So it was super, you know, obviously insanely packed. And, um, I was leaning against the door, not the door, but you know, the little thing that comes out from the door, the little glass panel thing. Yeah, the glass panel to separate uh, the people s- sitting from people standing from, near in the, you got in the uh, exit ways, in the entry and exit ways. You got it. So I was leaning against that and I was reading and it was super packed and I couldn't see anyone. And then it got to like that one station, you know, where everything, everyone clears out. Mm-hmm. And I look, I just kind of looked up kind of lazily. I look and standing across on the other side, leaning against the glass was this lady who was also reading The Alchemist. That is a great story, man. That's and it, so and cool. And it was just like, it was just like, it, it's one of those things. Did you walk up and lock eyes or anything and say, you yeah, know, I, I was like, I, I like looked at a point and she, and she smiled and I'm like, it's a good book. <laughs> and then and she laughed. She's like, yeah, it's really good. And then she got off on her next thing. And it was one of those moments where it's like, it's like, it's really simple. It's really small. Yeah. But I mean, like, obviously I still remember. It's just like, it's kind of like one of those dumb little you know it's not a whole yeah. overarching story and like even if you tell like you can't go up to someone and be like do 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 craziest thing happened to me it's just kind of like you know yeah, it's just a nice thing to hear like even when, like when i talk to you i mean about the people that we run into that we know on the subway uh, mm-hmm. you know for toronto being a kind of like half big city I, this is relative by the way so if anybody lives in like uh that's listening lives in a city of you know like multiple millions of people then it's nothing but toronto's not that that big it's it's a couple million but you're gonna find you're gonna run into people people you know know a lot more it's smaller than you think in a way it's it's hard to describe but it's it's a it's a town it's a it's a city that's a lot smaller than you think um Mm -hmm. and you're bound to eventually if you in your in your day-to-day run into somebody you know or met somewhere however and another thing is that we probably mentioned this before is that toronto has like a very small degrees of separation so you know you got you you meet somebody you'll not only like not the common i'm not talking about the common things like you know you understand you know the area in which they live or the places which they frequent but you might know somebody that they know or that they're related to or things like that if you if you really ask and you're part of smaller circles and the mm. reason I, I, this may just be me but the reason i say this is that I've, I've run into between uh me being in school and me having like my old job is that on in public transport just walking along the street or even meeting up with uh Stu. i remember one time i was meeting up with Stu to go to at a board game cafe and walking by was a guy i went to i went to school with you know, not that I'm going to stop and always have a conversation with these people, but I run into them. And I guess maybe that, uh, you know, since I, since both of us probably like grew up mostly here, I mean, Stu's been here for, was it 14 years? I've been here all my life. And uh, we, we, you, you end up accumulating a lot of people, or uh, not accumulating people, but you know what I mean? Like uh, meeting a lot of people. So it's not mm. it doesn't have a small town effect. You know, like it's, this isn't a country song where everybody knows everybody and you can't get away from them. It isn't like that, but it's it produces those moments of you, you like you can run into somebody you haven't seen or thought of in a while and, and like hey, 
Yeah, I know you. And have like a really, I really like those conversations that were like you're talking about, where you can just be really honest and say things you wouldn't say to people you see all the time, like your parents or your girlfriend, your best friends, or people at work. Even you can't really you you speak to them a little bit more. Uh, plainly and honestly and be able to tell them I feel like strangers are people you haven't seen more often you like really feel at that moment whereas you know if you see if there's somebody you have a constant a relationship with or you're in the rut and that you see often and have to deal with often it's very awkward to sort of like tell them if you're something a little bit weird it's like it, it. It's like you're like, well, I'm not gonna see this person again. Like the odds of me seeing this person again are just so low, and also they don't care really. So it's just like, if someone says like, "How are you really doing?" It's just like I can, you know, if you're not doing well, you know, sometimes you don't want to bother. You know, you're just kind of having a bad day. You don't want to bother your parents or whatever, and you just kind of want to chill. So you're like, I'm doing fine, and then do your own thing. But if it's like a stranger, it's just like. You know, I'm not having that great a day, but I, you know, I'm still figuring stuff out. You know, yeah. it's like you, you can have that weird kind of venting honesty. And you can also even even about even about traits about yourself. Like, let's say you're embarrassed a little bit about your job, you can literally tell them exactly about it, and you won't. And you can get like honest advice back from them uh, about you know how your situation is. So, for yeah. example, like. I hear the same thing that often that, you know, like if I tell people like what I'm doing, they first go, Oh wow. Like that's different or so or they, you can tell that they have like, that's different or they're kind of confused because they don't hear it that often. Like, you know, in my, in what I'm studying and right now, but the way I see how, what I do is different from the way definitely other people and a stranger views how I do. So you can be honest about it and teach them something but you can also learn a different perspective about what you're doing and how it like really relates in a different context um yeah. i just noticed that the same thing happens that often because nobody really can see what i like see what i do particularly from my point of view they see it from a different point of view but it's and, and it just happened um more often than not it kind of brings you to a different like headspace and it creates like a decent moment to kind of allow you to reflect and really think about um, what you do and how you can really uh, um, express succinctly like what you are and what you do. So for example, like you can just say like you're a banker if you're just a banker, but if you have a specific job in like banking and finance that isn't really a banker, that isn't really something else, the more times you talk to people you, you have to like really think about like what it is you do and where it is you're going after in, in your job and afterwards and uh you can have that honest conversation so if you see if so if you you feel bad like great you don't lie to people so if you're not really a banker in this example and you're not really let's say a financier but you're somewhere in the middle you uh you don't feel like you won't say i'm a financier i'm a banker you have to like figure out a way of saying like really what you do like oh yeah no i work with this or this is kind of what i do or you can take the second to be like okay let me explain and then you get into a deeper conversation and you can really open up someone's eyes and have those moments like again where you learn something that you're not going to forget whether 
it's like a fact of life or just about the fact of how somebody else feels so are you saying that like there's like you you get to learn something about yourself by having a situation where you have to like concisely put put something about yourself is that what you're saying in a way yes but also if uh it's also the environment is created in that situation where you sort of have to you know if you're not nervous about it and you just end up meeting somebody over these moments uh that we're talking about where it's kind of nice and you're kind of at ease and you uh are put in a generally good mood that you actually want to engage in communication it does it it, it does force you to sort of really be honest about what you're doing through after reflection you know what i'm saying so if you're mm -hmm. in, in it's good moods and you want to and you and you're trying to honestly you like a priori you're trying to express yourself the, well so that makes you really think about the sub these these subjects that you wouldn't really think about like what you really do every day like how would you classify yourself what's what's your short and long-term goals like these really generic questions and topics you have to like really think about them on the spot and you want to answer them instead of you know if you go to a networking event and you have these pre you have these rehearsed sort of answers right they're not free they're not really they're very rehearsed like i said when you're in these other moments with these these sort of serendipitous moments where you really want to express yourself or you you have this um sort of freedom and willingness to sort of take away shut the noise out and just really be honest mm -hmm. you realize something about yourself as well learning about the person with whom you're conversing right so mm-hmm it, so there's, there's something to be gained on both sides. Yeah, and that's a, a kind of way, like why I kind of like meeting people, because I have this free. I feel like I have this freedom. I can I can talk about certain things, or I can't talk about with other people. And it and you learn, like I said, you learn learn kind of about yourself and like the the context about like what you are in regards to everybody else and everything else. It puts you down. It brings you kind of like down to earth and and really lets you and gives you like a i feel like a healthy perspective i i think i i think that's really like i think it's a it's a much healthier thing than people realize because there's something to to me one of the best things is you know with people who have social anxiety or have a tough time you know meeting new people and stuff it's usually because they're not that confident and confidence a lot of time comes from not being obviously you know the different ways of confidence I, you know i don't want to go into but usually a lot of ways of not having confidence is not being confident in who you are so you know if you're meeting someone it can be tough because it's like how do i present myself to this person without coming off as you know weird or and then you get in your head about it but when you become confident in yourself and you become like this is who i am then it's a lot easier to introduce yourself and it's what you're saying is like, it's really interesting because by talking to people more and learning about yourself, it's like, it's like this weird cycle where it's like the more you talk and, and learn about yourself and talk to these people in this way, the more you learn about yourself, which then become, makes it easier to then talk and find more people. You know, yeah, it's like this cool cycle, you know, it, it definitely is. I find it, um, it is really good. 
uh, it does do that, but hopefully you don't get to the point where you've done it enough where it's just clockwork. Yeah, and it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. You don't have that deep sort of meaning and connection with people. Like that's, I think, what's really kind of cool is that we're talking about these things where we learn something about somebody else, whether it be superficial or deep. But there's always that potential for it to be there. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, like it's not one of those. That's what, that's that's the magic in it. But it's not. It's not like I said. It's not the rehearsed. It's not a rehearsed situation like if you're going on like a speed date or if you're trying to like break the ice at a party or something like that. That's also why I kind of never really like to go to these particular like parties parties or like going to these types of events where there's a pretense because you they're like an activity. Yeah, like or or yeah, there are like these specific occasions where you have to like feel like you have to act a certain way in order to um, fit in. I either get in or just uh, accomplish the goal. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like, uh, and that's why I ne- I'd, I'd never gravitate towards those things. I'd rather just be myself and be relaxed about it and um, have that really like natural environment. Mm-hmm. But as long as you don't like get again get into that rut where it's like me a random person I'm like oh okay let me go through the points i've listed i've kind of rehearsed because i've done this so much that kind of way is where you like lose the meaning right you know it's almost like it's not like it's like when you go speed dating and you like ask the token questions or whatever where you want to know these things so you can make it de- make some superficial decision to reach some kind of goal like that's not the whole point of what we're talking about the whole point mm-hmm. what we're talking about is so that we is that we have these moments where we meet people or have these uh, these moments that we do not expect that teach us about ourselves and other people and kind of bring a, a little bit a little bit more wholesomeness to our like everyday lives. You know, it's not something yeah. that you pr- you should practice or you should rehearse. Some these are these moments that really put that you remember and put you in a good mindset. Um, whenever you reflect on them or when you're in them, more particularly. Mm-hmm. No, I, I 100% agree. I mean, I think there is value in activity stuff for people who, like, it's it's kind of tougher to you know break that ice to get started. For sure. Um, but I do agree that you you don't want the activity to be you know like powerful enough um to to take over you know like there's a difference between starting like for example an escape room i feel like is too powerful because everyone's going to be in there and then once you're done yeah you can like talk about the escape room or something like that but it's not like you know um it i feel like it doesn't break the ice well enough um so it, you know you want something that's a little bit more I'm trying to find like a nice little medium ground like eat, like i feel like something like a barbecue outside you know the activity is just kind of yeah. having a drink and, and eating some food so you always have the opportunity where if, you know if something's going stale or you know you're kind of awkward at first you can look around and grab some food you can you know enjoy outside you know i'm sure there's like some sort of activity like a sport like frisbee or you know something that you don't even care about <laughs> um, it puts you yeah. at ease. Like the whole idea is that it's an environment that puts you at ease. Yeah, exactly. 
No, yeah. like with the escape room thing, like for most people, like I think only in rare occasions if you do it very, very often, where you know have a good relationship with it, you can have these moments where you're a master of like the situation or like you're familiar with the context enough, right? So I'm not talking about these uh, situations where I, I was more speaking about situations with a pretense rather than activities then you're really good at right so with the escape room right most people don't do that all the time so you ended up having to be under a little bit of a i think what you're i think if i'm uh correct me if i'm wrong Stu, but there you have a lot of focus and it's yeah. only on a singular task and you're not really engaging with other people it's possible for you to have some moments if something really funny happens and things like that but well, it's not conducive to it right it's not really meant for it whereas the a barbecue yeah. or an environment where you you you're constantly there like for example if you're a if you're like a musician and you're a, you go to a lot of, or you're a music fan you go to a lot of concerts you go to a lot of concerts um where there's might be a pretense for other people that what are these concerts since you go to them so often it's almost like your home you know the environment maybe you know the venue really well you'll notice these other things that are serendipitous because you're already at ease in there and you'll mm-hmm. be more likely to engage and have these moments whereas you know in, in you know with a barbecue that's naturally it that's naturally like kick your feet up worry relax. about it and have yeah have some food and, and like relax these no. the, the escape room is a good example about what not what it, it, the bad environment because number one most people don't do that so often that it's become second nature to them and two it's a higher stress environment because you have a goal that you need to accomplish in a in, in a, a metered amount of time right like you're the, yeah so it's under under pressure the, con- the time's being kept and it's running out and you have to do something that's a little bit weird and and usually like i would say you are interacting with people but it's for a specific purpose you're not interacting to find out about someone to see their passions or you know like it's not a conversation like a free form conversation it's a lot of grow it's literally like oh i found this clue guys or like what have you got there or did you yeah. solve this it's like there's there's a goal there's an end to it so it's like it in a weird way it doesn't even matter who's in the room like yeah, yeah. you gotta have maybe you'll have like you'll gel with some better people some people better because you know like maybe you solve things in a similar matter like you know sometimes little things like that but at the end of the day like full personalities don't really matter as much as like yeah, it's a good in, team in that, in that scenario I think it's a good team building thing if you already have a little bit of exposure with somebody and then you want to get to the next level because you can talk about it after and then you can sort of break dates a little bit more because you're all doing something together yeah but it's not like it's not like these it's definitely it's not like the what these moments and in, in these these times that we were speaking about before where just kind of us living and other things sort of happen and cause us sort and, and cause us to sort of uh, reflect or share or look at life in a different way. That's real. I mean, not I'm not precluding that anything could happen like that. You know, there's so there, everybody has their own story and whatever. But it's typically like not the environment. If you like sign up for it and go in there, you like you have like a task. Do the task. You complete the task, hopefully. 
And then afterwards, it's like there's no, nothing really binding you to any of your partners per se. Like you went there to like do a job. And, and that's what like everything too. It's even like if you go to the park and play some sports, sure you may be able to talk to your teammates and remember them later on, but um, you just go there, score the point, and leave. Yeah, it's it, it's not conducive for that kind of building experience or sharing, right? Like I think yeah. oddly enough, crises or odd circumstances are those. Like work the opposite because you don't expect them, and uh, in order to sort of cut the tension, talking to someone really helps. So I remember, like, yeah, I remember it was. I I definitely kind of had that those moments, and it was because somebody must have, I think, fainted on the on the the train. Oh my gosh! Something like that, and and thank goodness it wasn't me because I'm usually the guy that passes out. public places like it's like a cycle like every couple of years or whatever there's some reason why i end up passing out <laughs> that's for another tea time boys <laughs> yeah but uh like luckily it wasn't me i was reading a book like uh as many people do on the train and this like young woman like my age you're older you're younger came up to me and asked me like what was going on like what if I saw anything and whatever. I think it was somebody that passed out or it could have been, I believe it was something of that nature, like a medical nature. It wasn't a fight or anything. Yeah. But I ended up having this really, really nice conversation with this person. And I had to end up sort of explaining like the type of book I was reading. And those of you who don't know, like the, the stuff I study is like based off materials and science. So, I mean, the name is self-explanatory, but you wouldn't think of you know, like what goes into it because it's a concept that isn't i guess super popular to the vast majority of people at least in canada i guess and this person with whom i was speaking it was um i think he was a philosophy major or something like that so like, everybody's heard of philosophy Ooh. right <laughs> like mm-hmm. if you don't do it you kind of like heard some names or know kind of what it is and what you're dealing with and uh but it was like a, an interesting way to like just exchange like information about like what we're doing and what was happening and explain like kind of what I did every day and sort of have that moment of reflection and be like, yep, this is, or you say out loud, the freeing moment, I guess, is when you say out loud, what are you doing? You are, your name is like, where are you going? Et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So, I mean, you know, getting a number was like a little bit of a regret, but you know that's that's fine. I still had, still had the cool, cool chat and uh, cool. Like another good reminder that not everybody is super like um, standoffish and unrelatable to you. You know, that's another thing where these moments. So you actually that's, that's kind of the magic in these moments is that you see somebody else that relate to you, somebody, a complete stranger, like not in your tight circle of friends complete stranger you actually have a connection with or can have a connection with friend you would never have known it if it wasn't for this moment of crisis or a moment of stress that required somebody to say something to either appease curiosity or cut tension or something like that yeah yeah like some sort of thing happened well i think i think that we're pretty we're pretty well off um with this episode, I guess we could finish it 
to kind of keep the the mellow vibey kind of mood. Wait, um, I'm not even drinking tea. I should be drinking tea. I feel like I'm cheating the cheating the audience. <laughs> I was gonna drink tea, but dude, it's like eleven eleven thirty at night. Tea's hand, man. You gotta get the tea's hands. I don't got all my shit has caffeine in it, so that's your problem, bro. You have to live up to the hype and tea and and have the assortment. I mean, decaf. I gotta get decaf. Oh, chamomile, bro. You gotta, you gotta get the chamomile. That's basic. That's basic level. I'm not a huge fan of chamomile, weirdly enough. Okay, you want get a lemongrass one. Lemongrass would be good. Actually, lemongrass. Get get a tisane, lemongrass. You can get like a variety pack next time you go shopping. Pick one up. Mm. It'll be like. It, or bucks for like 20 bags of tea and you Super listener uh, in the future there'll be a tea time boys tea bag in every single grocery store in north america that's a tea time boys guarantee yeah we're gonna formulate our best tea we're, and then possibly because we're not uh super decisive and we're going with the flow as this episode is demonstrated obviously we're gonna have a couple different options so that all these different peoples and personalities can be appeased i want a, a tea time boys spicy flavor i don't know do that that'd be a really interesting just something like like a, like a, a chai chili that, pepper like oh, oh chili pepper i mean i was thinking more like just a chai that hits a little harder you know heck yeah man just something that's like, oh, let's got we're a little. Have, we're, we're, uh, having, we're having the worst. Muy caliente, you know. We're gonna we're gonna have a meeting. We're gonna come up with some formula, some tea formulations, and we're gonna order them, try them out, and uh, like that's that's a goal. That's definitely if there's no other goals for this podcast, it's to it, it's to continue shooting the breeze and drinking our own custom tea if not providing it for other people hell yeah hell yeah i can't wait for the okay wait question um i guess we'll keep with the vibe and we'll go like if you have a any quote or something that kind of sticks in your head it doesn't have to be a quote just like something like advice wise that you like to pass on to the viewers because it's been a very kind of you know peaceful self-analysis kind of episode so if you have any like advice or quote or something that you want to tell people go for it okay, yeah no like i got two but the, okay the first one is like um i was reflecting on the first one was like talking about turning the other cheek and kind of like what it means but what, what, not really about that but what i learned from it is that um these phrases that we learned from like let's say literature like old shakespeare or a holy book of any sort context is really important to really get a practical um the right practical like application of it in your life right so like you think turning the other cheek you immediately think kind of well if you're a little bit naive like me you kind of take it literally and think you know if somebody's really going to abuse you just let them take it and then walk and you say you're the bigger person and just leave it at that yeah it really means is you stand you do stand up for yourself but you just don't give them the satisfaction that you are being hurt and you're not a doormat the whole point is not to be sort of like a doormat in that regard so if you have like other phrases i guess is like a word of is something to think about is really look at the context of what that phrase means to open up other possibilities 
Um, so there's that, that's that's kind of like a general, that's just a reflection on this sort of topic that I kind of wanted to give. But the other one that keeps with this vibe more and real this realistically, I think is the best piece of practical advice that'll keep you calm is Matthew McConaughey's second most well-known phrase, also his foundation, just keep living. So everyone knows the all right, all right, all right. All but right, this is just keep right. living, right? And so, like, no matter what's going on, just keep living. Okay. Like, it, like it'll, it'll happen. Like, something else will happen that'll kind of make whatever suck fast happened before kind of ease up, but it only would only will happen if you just keep living. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. It's simple, but it works, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's all you really can do. It's either you crash and burn or just keep living. Just keep living. I like that. That reminds me of that stupid... I don't know why. It reminds me of that Pitbull line where he's like, um... For all people go through tough times, believe me, been there, done that. But every great, but every day above ground is a great day. Remember that. And <laughs> all I yeah, can think I mean, of is that line's like, been the line's been said before Pitbull. I think that just I know that's just what I thought of as Pitbull. And yeah. all I can think of is just like man, those fucking miners who are underground are having shit days. Just I don't know why. It's, yeah, anyway. oh, yeah, okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> if you're trapped really in a mine, it doesn't really, that doesn't really apply if you're trapped in a mine. Yeah, Pitbull's like, that day doesn't count. It's a terrible day, sir. Uh, terrible. Oh, Pitbull. But, definitely, uh, de- definitely not, not, no offense, but he's, he is not my cup of tea. Pun intended. <laughs> oh, oh, just keep living, Pitbull. Just keep living, Pitbull. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll go with mine, um... I have like a, a chiller one and then more serious one. Like the chill one is, uh, I was reading the Murakami book and he had this really, um, I made this whole video about like how he does music and stuff. And I was, you know, reading his book and he had this awesome way. Obviously it's translated from Japanese to English, but he had this awesome way where he describes listening to this music when he was younger. Um, specifically when he was younger he you know it was like 60s time is during Beatlemania and he said that he never really listened 100% like fully listened to it but it was around him like musical wallpaper and something about that line just musical wallpaper just kind of stuck with me where it's like you oh, know yeah. it's, it's it's something that's just Good put line. on and you're gonna like constantly look at it and you can't look away well not like you can't look away but it's just like it's just always there and you may it may not be your favorite you know but it's just there you know and and sometimes you can find some great stuff in that wallpaper and sometimes it's disgusting but something about that phrase musical wallpaper you know i think that's you know that kind of lo-fi chill instrumental kind of music is really good musical wallpaper i just really like the phrase that's a great one and just 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 to add to that or to reflect on that we did talk about music in in a different session and i think succinctly what like my view about it is that i want to be the guy who paints my own house and not have the wallpaper be there when i walk in yeah. So that's why, like, I I really never gravitated towards like stuff you just hear, um, like in passing that I have to know that isn't my choice, right? Like a bunch of the pop music that you see 
around like growing up i never really considered it for example good music or if you are a person that only listens to like the top 40 stuff you're just didn't paint your own room there's no ownership there that's why i don't really kind of like like it or don't really i want to say don't respect the taste your taste but i don't really consider it a developed taste um, and so even though musical wallpaper like in this context can be something that's really good or really bad um, if you just live off musical wallpaper or if you can even extend this to a lot of other things if you just kind of like spoon fed stuff and you don't and you like take it as great or how it should be without really recognizing it as the musical wallpaper so having this reflection that murakami so like eloquently did and yeah i don't think you're doing yourself like a real good service so that's the there's the summation of my whole viewpoint from the a different podcast in connection with this really cool uh sort of aphorism I, I, would like to, I would like to add that like that doesn't mean you can't add in some stuff from the wallpaper yeah. You know, I just you I like. You I, I think to decorate. Yeah, I think it's like yeah. If you know, if it's a flowery wallpaper, you throw on some flowers, but make it your own. Like, you know, I I see what you're saying, man. Yeah, and I think the big thing is like, yeah, definitely paint your own room. You know, that's for me music, too. Music wallpaper, say, but paint your own room. Yeah, for the same with the with Markami, I found like with Beatles and like other artists like like Clapton and Springsteen and all these other ones. Like, I don't really have a really deep opinion about them. Those are just some examples of very classic, well-renowned, well-liked artists that I just trust. I kind of like trust in the mass in the masses a little bit, whether that's good or bad, uh, to uh, gauge their quality. But that the, for them, they ironically, ironically, like they are musical wallpaper for me as well. And uh, and musical wallpaper is really relative to everyone's like experience because like yeah. you have to like really it it it's a really good reflection on your level of consumption of art or of something or any subject matter whether you're kind of peripherally peripherally exposed to it like how you know if you walk on the street you'll hear the words like it um cyber security cryptocurrency cyber they'll be on the wall they're they're in the what they used to call it zeitgeist or i guess is a way to put it and you heard of it you may know trickles of information but you don't have a relationship with it right Mm-hmm. that's the point of this that's, I, th- I really like that phrase good good for that isn't it great yeah it just kind of hit me it was like oh, this is i got it. like it's so simple but it's just i think that's like the beauty in in like writing where you can get something that uh like oh what did i like the um i read something the other day that was like the uh, i can't remember exactly he described clouds as sulking down um which is such like you know you don't really put clouds and sulking together as like the verb but you know it's like it makes it that's i think that's where the fun of english can be where it's like you you take a verb that's not specifically related to that kind of you know noun but by linking the two together you can create something entirely different in the reader's mind and i think that you know makes it so much beautiful i guess yeah. the second thing real quick is just your, um, is this your other point yeah the, yeah the... my i guess the second thing was is just um 
you know, with I've said it time and time again, but with the whole stuff with COVID and what's going on, and like recently, I I saw the Bo Burnham Inside special, which definitely really deep. De- definitely would recommend. Uh, I <laughs> don't want to put too much stuff out there, but just you know, like um, would recommend. But it's it's definitely one of those things where. COVID has been tough on a lot of people for just a various different reasons. So I guess, you know, with as, as things start to open back up, we start getting back out there and, you know, COVID takes a little bit more of a backseat to, to the world as a whole, which makes, you know, make sure you treat people that, you know, people well, because they've been through some hell, but also like yourself, you know, it's, you know, you've, you have specifically if you're listening to this and you know you went through covid you know it's it's a tough experience and if you can give that leeway to somebody else you can give that leeway to you so i guess that's it just give yourself some time you know or make the time to uh like do something that you wanted to do for you that you never got around to when you didn't have covid right exactly Exactly. take the time like i have these we all have take like the the dreams if bring them down to a real like a realistic goal just work out of the bit just for yourself yeah there you go the, the matthew mcconaughey's uh just oh no it's not just live there's another word just keep living just keep living and then Stuart says take the time take the time take it's, the time what's that red green line um keep your stick on the ice Keep your stick on the ice. Yeah, that's so. That's Canadian. a that's a real Canadian shit. That's the best if you want to talk about ever. red green, if you want to talk about red fucking green, red green. Oh. <laughs> Here, keep your stick on the ice is such a good one too, man. It is. Those those like red green parts where he just kind of would get a little bit more serious and just kind of talks to the camera. I always loved them as a kid. You know, I never really got nice. into it too much. I should look up some old clips, anyways. It's pretty good. There's there's a lot of really funny stuff. It's, yeah, it's and he's a ridiculous he's show. Guy too. Yeah. Oh, and like rewatching it, it's like there's so many things that I like now get. I'm like, oh, like it's a lot more political than I realize. Um, but it's such a such a fun show. Oh, they they have like a. It's like there's all these red green memories because I read I watched the show and I was like fucking like five or six like really young. Yeah, it was it was it was it was early it was late nineties early two thousands. What was that line? There's a there's the red green um. Not the anthem, but there's like a, all the possum lodge. Yeah, possum lodge like the defense club or whatever the heck it was. Yeah, I'll see if I can quickly quickly say it before we go uh well yeah there's quando omni flunkus moritati which is when all else one all else fails play dead uh but that's not it that's not that's the motto i'm trying to think that oath uh come on this will be real quick i'm getting there oh yeah i'm a man but i can change if i have to i guess yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> I don't know why it's six. Anyway, that's the end of the episode. Just keep living.